Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be breaking down our first trimester fitness recommendations, plus debunking whether or not you should exercise or not in the first trimester. Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. This is Gina, perinatal fitness trainer and birth doula. And this is Roxanne, labor and delivery nurse and student midwife. And this is the Mama Safe Fit Podcast, where we empower you on your prenatal fitness, birth, and postpartum return to fitness journey. Our podcast shares how to move throughout your pregnancy to stay strong and comfortable. Pain is not a requirement of pregnancy. Understand the science of birth and how to approach recovery after birth. We share our personal experiences as mothers navigating the stage of lives, plus our professional expertise as birth workers and fitness professionals. Our goal is to help you feel confident as you navigate the perinatal timeframe for an empowering pregnancy, positive birth, and postpartum journey. We are glad to have you with us on this journey and that you've chosen us to support you. Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. So in this episode, we're going to be talking all about our fitness recommendations for the first trimester, but we also want to talk about what is even happening in your body in the first trimester and why you may not feel like exercising during this point. And so I do want to start with, if you feel like utter crap, you're super nauseous, you're fatigued, you've got a lot of other stuff going on like a job or other small children and you just don't feel like it, you are allowed to not exercise. So even though this podcast is all about exercising in the first trimester, I'm giving you permission to take the first trimester off if you feel like utter crap, which is what I did for three out of four of my pregnancies so far. So I'm a perinatal fitness trainer, and I also did not exercise in the first trimester, even though I knew there was benefits because I felt like crap. So Roxanne, what is the first trimester? First of all, let's define the time of the first trimester. So the first trimester, there are three trimesters during pregnancy. The first trimester is from like conception to about 12 to 13 weeks, kind of just depending on who you ask. Like what app you're using. Yeah, what app you're using. But it's between 12 and 13 weeks for most of us. And then 13, 14 weeks is when we enter the second trimester and we start to feel better. And during the first trimester, it is a ton of changes happening within your body, which is why you feel just not great. You're increasing in a lot of hormones, particularly progesterone, and progesterone slows everything down. So it's part of the parasympathetic nervous system, which that stimulates relaxing and like slowing things down to include like your GI system, as well as affecting how you feel like nausea and sick and it's just like bleh. And that is why most of us during the first trimester do not work out. I think I worked out maybe during my first pregnancy with Lily. That was because I was working full time. So I didn't really have a choice and I was still in the army. But with my next two, I don't think I worked out just because I didn't want to. But first trimester, all of those things are happening. Your blood vessels are dilating to accommodate the increase in your blood volume that's coming But you're not yet having, like, you don't yet have all of that increase in blood volume because your body has to create it. So you're also very fatigued because your body is trying to keep up with the demand, this, like, sudden increase in demand of energy that you just cannot keep up with. One, like, you can't eat, so you can't get energy that way. Trying to create all of this blood and all the grow a placenta and a human, all of these important things are happening within that first trimester, baby-wise, like, the spinal cord, the brain, and and the beginnings of organs. So these are pretty vital portions during this first trimester. So if you feel not great and you don't want to work out, that's totally valid because a lot is happening. So to expand on the blood volume and why it contributes towards fatigue, so your blood vessels essentially dilate or double in size practically overnight. So you pee on a stick and your body is like, all right, it's go time. 
and all your blood vessels expand. And this is also thanks to the progesterone helping to kind of relax everything. But your system feels that it's underfilled. And so it's like, oh, shit, I only have like half the blood I'm supposed to have right now. And so then it starts working overtime to create all this blood volume, which can really contribute towards fatigue, feeling breathless, some nausea. And so these are some things that are contributing towards a lot of the symptoms in the first trimester. And so, again, it's okay if you just feel like crap and you do not want to exercise. By the time you hit the second trimester, all of these things have kind of happened. So when you hit the second trimester, your blood volume has essentially doubled. Like we, you finally filled the system and things start to regulate a little bit more. And so we have more energy and we tend to feel a lot better. So if you've been dealing with a lot of morning sickness, it tends to go away, hopefully, in the second trimester. There are some folks that kind of maintain it throughout pregnancy, but most of us will find that our morning sickness is or all day sickness. It's not fair to just say it's in the morning. Yeah, um, let's, let's, let's petition to change it. I think someone commented that. Let's petition to change it to not morning sickness because that's all day. A, that's a false advertising. Sickness. So that tends to go away by the second trimester. Let's take a break from this use episode to talk about one of our sponsors, Needed. Needed is a nutrition company that focuses on optimal nourishment for the perinatal timeframe. And this starts pre-conception or during the conception phase as well. And so if you're dealing with a lot of morning sickness during your pregnancy or in prior pregnancies, you have dealt with morning sickness, taking a prenatal vitamin could be beneficial pre-conception or about at least a month before pregnancy to help with morning sickness during pregnancy. The reason being is that some of the reasons for morning sickness could be related to some vitamin deficiencies that we may be having. So if you're low on like B vitamin, for example, or magnesium, this could increase the morning sickness that you're experiencing. And so taking that prenatal vitamin, especially needed prenatal vitamin, so they have a prenatal multivitamin, which is the actual pill, and then also a powder, which I found really beneficial during my first trimester because I could just put that in my juice or in like my oatmeal or something. So I'm still receiving it without having to take like an actual pill can be very beneficial to decreasing morning sickness. And this is recommended by the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, which is the governing bodies of OBs. They recommend as their morning sickness treatment. So if someone had morning sickness in prior pregnancies or even their current one that if they took a prenatal vitamin at least one month prior to becoming pregnant, this could decrease their rate of morning sickness based off of some studies. So we want to take a prenatal vitamin, but we want to make sure that we're taking a prenatal vitamin that's giving us those optimal dosages, not just the recommended because the recommended is based off of just made up numbers based off of some research studies on men. We want the optimal levels that are actually supported by evidence of research on people who are actually pregnant and women and what our bodies need. So check out Needed and you can use our code MAMASTAYPOD to get 20% off your first order or the first three months of your subscription at thisisneeded.com. Let's get back to the episode. And so because of all of these significant physiologic changes, we also need to remember that we're growing a human being. So for me, during my first trimester with this current pregnancy, everyone kept asking me how I was. And I had a lot of guilt because I was very unproductive. I pretty much just laid on my couch. Gina did nothing. I did nothing. Like a lot of tasks for our business set to the side. I could film for like half an hour before I was like, I am tired. <laughs> I did a nap today. So let's I didn't reschedule. take a nap, so I cannot do anything. And so I was feeling like really guilty because I was like, I'm so unproductive. I'm not like doing as much with my kids. Like someone else had to take my kids for walks. 
Like our neighbor took them for a walk. Like we've been doing this like moon cycle or um, moon curriculum for homeschooling where we're following the different phases of the moon. And it was like the new moon and you're supposed to go for a walk. And I was like, I'm dying. And so our neighbor, who's also doing the homeschool moon curriculum, took Adeline for a, a nature walk and they did their nature journal and stuff. So I was like, cool. <laughs> it takes a village. I've had a lot of people picking up the slack for me parenting wise, but I was feeling really guilty about it. And so every time someone would ask me like how I was doing, I would always express like, I haven't really been able to do, I'm not been very unproductive and everyone's immediate, and I appreciate this, response is you're literally growing a person. Yeah, you're That's not being unproductive. Pretty, pretty incredible. Pretty, mo- <laughs> pretty much more productive than everybody else. Yeah, That's like, not pretty good. You're growing some eyeballs right now all by yourself. So keep that in mind if you're in your first trimester and you're like very used to being a very productive, you're an A-type personality, you're used to doing a lot of stuff and you're suddenly like, bleh. It's okay. <laughs> but if you are the lucky few of us that did not feel that way during first trimester and you still feel great, you can continue to work out safely. Absolutely. So in the first trimester, you if you do feel good and you do want to exercise, because I did have some weeks where I did feel good. I felt good till about like week six or seven. And then I was like, bleh, until about week 10. So it was only about a month yeah. for, this, for this pregnancy that I took totally off. Like my first pregnancy was like the entire first trimester, like two to three months. I was dead. Even into second trimester. Last pregnancy, it was the same thing, like two months like off. But this one, I was like about a month. So if you do feel good enough to exercise throughout your first trimester, sometimes a concern is if I exercise in this first trimester, I could increase my risk of miscarriage. And it's, it's easy to understand why that's a concern. Like the risk of miscarriage is highest in the first trimester. Like one out of four of us have miscarriages. So there's like a 25% chance that you may lose a pregnancy. And then most of the time it happens within the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. But know that research supports repeatedly that exercise does not increase your risk of miscarriage. There's really nothing that you can do physically to cause harm to your pregnancy other than like throwing yourself off a high surface and landing flat on your belly or something like that. But there's really nothing that like lifting weights or going for a run or going for walks or doing yoga is not going to harm your pregnancy. And research repeatedly demonstrates this. And so if you want to dive deeper into common prenatal fitness myths, and we talk more about like first trimester ones and ones throughout the entire pregnancy, you can check out episode 42 where we talk about all of these different myths, kind of the nuances to them and what research says so that you can feel confident approaching fitness throughout your pregnancy. But know that you don't have to wait till the second trimester if you're feeling good to exercise because you're not going to cause harm to your baby. If anything, it's probably going to set you up better throughout your pregnancy. So let's talk about the benefits of starting exercise in the first trimester. And again, if you don't feel great, the benefits do not outweigh the fatigue and nausea. You don't have to push through if you feel like crap. But if you do feel good, let's discuss some of the benefits. Or maybe if you're like on the cusp of like, I don't know if I'm going to go work out or if I'm going to take a nap on my couch. This may help motivate you to go and work out if it does feel good for you. So the first thing is during the first trimester, we tend to still feel very normal in our body outside of all the symptoms you may be feeling. But like we don't have a lot of physical changes that are happening. 
So movement can still feel very normal for you. And so if you haven't been doing any sort of like prep work going into pregnancy, we want to start focusing on like pelvic stability type work. You can start incorporating like pelvic floor work or pelvic opening stuff, just moving your body in like a really intentional way. You can start in the first trimester and it's going to feel the most familiar for you because your body doesn't have a ton of physical changes yet. But you may start having some of that like relaxant starting to happen. We're having a little bit more laxity in the joints. And when we start to have a little bit more movement in our joints, sometimes that can contribute towards more discomfort or pain starting in the second trimester. So we can kind of prehab that in the first trimester <laughs> where we are doing movements to be really intentional to prevent discomforts later on in pregnancy. So starting in the first trimester can be really beneficial for that. If you know that you're going to feel like crap in the first trimester, you can do this in your trying to conceive phase or pre-pregnancy as well. So that way we don't have that much deconditioned state that we're working back from. So for me, I took like an entire month off during this pregnancy. But pre-pregnancy, I was doing a lot of pelvic stability work, pelvic floor work, overall strengthening of my body. So that when I knew I was going to take my month or two off in pregnancy, I wasn't going to be completely trashed when I hit the second trimester. I was still super sore the first week I started working out again, but it wasn't as bad if I wasn't really doing anything pre-pregnancy either. So that's like a big benefit of working out during the first trimester, especially if you weren't doing a whole ton pre-pregnancy, is movement still feels very familiar to you in your body. And so you can start doing a lot of that prehab stuff so that you can feel better in your body coming into the second trimester. So it can make you more comfortable as well. Again, if you feel like crap, just take a nap. Like, no, it's okay. Again, it's okay. It's just like nap fine balance. The other thing that's really cool is if you start exercising in the first half of your pregnancy. So this is like the first 20 weeks. And so this does go into the second trimester. So if you do not feel good in the first trimester, you can still reap the benefits in the, sec the first half of the second trimester. Is your placenta volume can increase because you were exercising the first half of your pregnancy. And it's probably related to your placenta is developing and kind of establishing itself in the first half of your pregnancy. Exercise is in like is intentional stress that we're putting on our body. And so for whatever reason, we don't totally understand like the mechanics of it. Um, the placenta tends to be larger and has a larger functional capacity. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the placenta is going to be better, but it has an opportunity to be better because it's just a little bit bigger. <laughs> so exercising in the first 20 weeks of your pregnancy, particularly in like the first trimester where the placenta is really having a lot of its development, can be really beneficial because it's going to make your placenta larger and it's going to potentially increase its functional capacity or how well it can work. And the placenta plays a lot of roles and functions for our baby. And so first, it's going to be essentially your baby's lungs, its kidneys, and its liver. So it's helping to transport oxygen to them, take away that carbon dioxide. It's filtering metabolic waste. It's providing them nutrients. It's also providing some immune functions. So a lot of like our immunology kind of passes to them. It's helping with hormones as well. So it helps to release hormones for our baby and then vice versa back to us. And so there's a lot of benefits or a lot of functions of the placenta for both us and our baby. And so it's really important that we have a very well-functioning placenta. So Roxanne, what are some benefits of having a well-functioning placenta that exercise is probably helping to improve or decrease the chances of? 
So when you have a well-functioning placenta, this could decrease the risk potentially of IUGR, so intrauterine growth restriction because of the function of the placenta. So how well your baby is growing. So intrauterine growth restriction is where there is a decline in the rate that baby is growing because some people are going to grow smaller babies just naturally. You Everybody can't be average. Some people have larger babies. Some people have smaller babies naturally. But the difference between a SGA, or small for gestational age baby, and IUGR is that an IUGR baby was at a certain growth curve and then dropped off of it, whereas an SGA baby is on the same growth curve the entire time. So with true IUGR, you needed to have like multiple ultrasounds in order for that to be diagnosed where they truly see that there is a change in the growth curve. Because even if your baby was like 15th percentile, you could still be that IUGR if at one point baby was on the 50th percentile and then dropped to the 15th. Whereas SGA is just below 10% for most babies. The placenta plays a huge part in our baby's weight and how big they are because that's, again, how they're getting all of their nutrients, getting their oxygen, and how they're growing and being able to grow because they have that nutrient. If they do not get enough of that nutrient through the placenta because the placenta is not as well-functioning, this could lead to some things like IUGR. There is potentially some research that supports that your placental function could be affected by gestational hypertension and preeclampsia as well. And they don't know if it's like that is the first thing that happens because of the way that your placenta attached and grew in that first 20 weeks is what affects you developing gestational hypertension or preeclampsia. Or if gestational hypertension and preeclampsia is what causes the placenta to decrease in function. But they're related in some way. So if we can increase the likelihood that we have a well-functioning placenta with potentially doing exercise in that first 20 weeks, this could decrease that risk of gestational hypertension or preeclampsia because of that well-functioning placenta not affecting baby and us as well. Some other benefits of having a well-functioning placenta is one, baby is more likely to withstand the stresses of labor. So baby will not have what we call a non-reassuring fetal heart rate tracing during labor that could increase your risk of potentially needing a C-section during labor. And this is thought because the stress during exercises, and if you notice, sometimes you'll feel your belly tightening during exercise. And this could be like preparing baby almost for the stresses of labor. I don't know if there's actual science to support that. But that's like a theory that some people like exercising during, especially first trimester in pregnancy, could relate to labor, like sustaining and kind of tolerating labor better. Also, if you have a well-functioning placenta, you are less likely to potentially need an induction at some point during your pregnancy because of reasons along with a non-well-functioning placenta. I don't like to say like a bad placenta, but there are signs that baby is, again, not tolerating being inside and they need to come outside. And most of the time it's related to the placenta because that could be like the amniotic fluid, like baby's not getting enough oxygen to grow. So it's like IUGR and then like gestational hypertension or preeclampsia. There are things that relate to the placenta being well-functioning that could potentially necessitate an induction later on because maybe the placenta is like starting to age, which could be a whole nother podcast with the aging of the placenta and the decrease in the function just in general. But all of these things is currently the recommendation. And if you have a well-functioning placenta, potentially you could avoid all of those things. 
So exercising in the first half of your pregnancy can be really beneficial for that placenta function and how well it grows and how big it grows. And that can really impact your baby throughout the entire pregnancy all the way through labor and well, not beyond because after labor, it's no longer using the placenta anymore. But there's a really big impact for that. So if you need some motivation, this was sometimes something that I used when I was like on the cusp of like, am I going to take a nap or am I going to get on my Peloton Ninja and ride? Still took nap. I took a lot of naps. Was, well, if I go work out, my placenta will be bigger. <laughs> so maybe that's motivating for you too. If you don't work out in your first trimester, you still got like eight weeks of your second trimester to really get after it. And so it's okay. Again, I know this whole episode is about what to do during the first trimester. It's okay. This is me giving you permission to just chill and grow a human. But what can someone do during the first trimester, though? What are the modifications, Gina? So now let's talk about what can you do during the first trimester. Like you feel good enough to exercise or you're going to push through and exercise. What are some of our recommendations with approaching fitness during the first trimester? The first is you're probably going to want to lower volume and lower weights and lower intensity to accommodate your fatigue and energy levels. Now, if you feel pretty good, you can push a little bit harder. But I would say bring it back to about a moderate intensity level. So like the 70 to 80 percent would be beneficial during the first trimester. Now, in the first trimester, there's usually not a lot of need to modify yet because we don't have a lot of those physical changes. So we don't have to make space for the belly. We don't necessarily need to not be flat on our back. And so there's not a lot of modifications due to physical limitations in the first trimester. So most of your movements will look pretty much the same as pre-pregnancy. Now, you can start to have some round ligament pain during the first trimester because that uterus is growing very rapidly in the first trimester. So there's a lot of stretching to the uterine ligaments, which can be normal and common. You can do things like hip flexor releases, seeing a web certified chiropractor to help address the round ligament issues if you're having some tension with them. But that would probably be like the one main pregnancy-related like complaint or limitation that someone may have in the first trimester is starting to experience round ligament pain. Otherwise, movements pretty much look the same. You could run, you could do pull-ups, you can squat, deadlift, bench press. Everything looks exactly the same as pre-pregnancy, except it's a lot lower in intensity. And so I said 70 to 80%. You might be lower than that if you're feeling very like fatigued. You might be a little bit higher if you're feeling a little bit more energized. So what moderate intensity looks like with weights is it's about 70 to 80% of like what you were doing pre-pregnancy. And so when you finish your set or your reps, you feel like you have like three to four more in the tank. Like you can do like a few more reps with a really, really good form. And all of your reps at that intensity level are like perfect. Like you have really, really good form through all of them. During pregnancy, it's really important that we maintain good form during our lifts because we do have a little bit more laxity to our joints. And when we start doing movements and we're compensating a lot, it could lead to a lot more issues for us. Now, none of these things are really going to like hurt your baby, but they could hurt you. Like you can get injured from moving and lifting with poor form. I mean, you're more likely to get injured during pregnancy because of it. So having really, really good form was really, really important really, really important during pregnancy. So that 70-80% effort level helps you maintain good form. Now, if you're doing cardio-related activities or like HIIT training or like circuit training and things like that, you want to be able to speak like a short sentence before you get wind in. And that's like a good gauge to know that you're in a moderate intensity level. Like high intensity, you could do like one or two words before you get winded. 
low intensity. You can have like a full on conversation before you get winded. So we want to be around that moderate intensity level where we could say about a sentence before we get winded. And so if you're lifting, you feel like you've got a few more reps in the tank before you would have to bail or your form will get compromised. If you're doing more aerobic or cardio focused stuff, you should feel like you could speak about a sentence before you get winded to know that you're in that moderate intensity level. And this is a good place to be. It's what most research supports us exercising at during pregnancy for a lot of these benefits that you have. In addition, it's also going to help you make sure that you maintain good form so we decrease the risk of injury. Now, if you do have a lot of symptoms like nausea or like heartburn in the first trimester, being flat on your back will probably not feel great. And so maintaining more upright positions may feel better for you. So like the bench press, for example, you may not feel like laying flat on your back. So you might want to do like incline dumbbell press or like a standing chest press with bands or a cable machine instead, or just omitting the exercise. It's okay to, to not in the first trimester, but you may find more upright positions feel better for you if you are dealing with like a no lot of nausea and heartburn. And this may be something that you can kind of repeat in the third trimester if you experience heartburn towards the end of pregnancy as well. But that would be like the main like modification that someone may have in the first trimester if they're feeling very nauseous or they're having all that heartburn. In addition, because we are lower on energy, you may want to increase rest periods during your workout or even just decrease overall time frame of your workouts as well. So instead of doing like an hour long workout, maybe it's 30 minutes or maybe it's 45 minutes with longer rest periods in between. So it's okay to rest more during your workout if you're feeling lower on energy, which is pretty common in the first trimester as well. So in the Mama Say Fit prenatal fitness program, which is something that you can join at any time during your pregnancy because it syncs to your week of pregnancy or if you do the on-demand, it syncs to your trimester. The way that we kind of adjust our programming to accommodate for pregnancy, especially in that first trimester, is we focus more on a strength endurance rep range. So we have like two to three rounds that are anywhere from like six to 10 repetitions for our strength movement and then about eight to 12 for our single leg or stability exercise movements. So all of our strength movements are paired with a stabilization exercise to help improve your stability. So that's where we're incorporating our pelvic stability exercises, our pelvic opening, our pelvic floor work. We're pairing them all with a main strength movement. So like our squats, our deadlifts, our hip thrusts, and then our overhead press, bench press, all that kind of good stuff. In addition, all of the conditioning in the first trimester is just like go for a walk if you feel like it. So it's very, it's very low key because the first trimester is rough for people. It's still a good workout. You're still feeling pretty challenged, but there's a lot of opportunity to kind of decrease as needed. Like instead of doing three rounds, you can do two. You can increase rep times as you need. You can adjust weights because we don't prescribe weights in the programming. It's just based on what feels good for you. But we're incorporating all of those movements to kind of prep you for later on in pregnancy as well. Because that's usually a big question that we get whenever we post like a prenatal workout or birth prep tips or things like that is like, when can I start this? First trimester. Anytime. You can start at any time. Uh, there's no set time. Movement is not going to put you into labor, <laughs> unfortunately. If it did, a lot of people would have gone into labor a lot sooner. <laughs> AK Gina would not have been 41 I would not have been almost 41 and 3. <laughs> Although, I will say, I do get a little annoyed when I see people post, like, I did my workout programming through my whole pregnancy and I had a five-hour labor. And I'm like... I don't think it was your workout That's not how that works. Like, I think it's just genetics, but okay, if you say so. It's like me being like, I'm using this belly bomb to prevent stretch marks. Like, Gina, it's genetics. <laughs> Gina just got the good genes, okay? <laughs> Roxanne got the stretch mark genes.
So exercising your first trimester, it can be pretty rough if you've got a lot of symptoms like you're fatigued, you're nauseous, and nausea gets worse when you move your body. It's okay to not in the first trimester. Like, just exist. That's fine. You're growing a whole human. So if you're like me where you feel guilty about not exercising or not being super productive, you're literally growing a human being, which is pretty cool and a pretty big accomplishment. So I do appreciate every single person that's been like, shut up, Gina, you're growing a person. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I appreciate it. But if you do feel good, there are tons of benefits to exercising starting in the first trimester. And there's also not a lot of risk involved with it. So if you're concerned about like having a miscarriage or exercise affecting your baby's development, there's a lot of research that supports that exercise is really beneficial for your baby and it does not increase the risk of miscarriage. And so we have a whole episode where we talk all about prenatal fitness myths. Episode 41, I misspoke earlier where I said 42. You can also listen to episode 42. It's well. also a good episode. It's yeah. probably a good episode. I don't remember what it is, but um, episode 41 is where we debunk common prenatal fitness myths. And if you exercise in the first trimester, it can really positively influence your placenta development, its function, its volume, which then has tons of benefits for your baby's growth and their development throughout pregnancy, how they're going to manage labor. It also can decrease complications for you, which is all very positive things. So if you feel good, exercise. If you're really tired, take a nap <laughs> if you can. <laughs> Don't feel obligated to work out. Just know Gina is a perinatal fitness trainer, and she did not work out very much during her first I trimester. Did not. I just looked at my app, and I even didn't work out. Like, I think I worked out twice in my first trimester with Joan, and she was eight pounds, eight ounces with a very large placenta. So, granted, I was moving across the country, so I have a bit of an excuse, but... You're also growing a person, so... Feel confident that you can exercise in your first trimester. Hopefully this episode helped give you some ideas on how to slightly modify your workouts as needed to accommodate for the fatigue levels, for nausea, if you're having heartburn, how to kind of modify movements. And know that you can join our prenatal fitness program. We walk you through step-by-step, day-by-day, weekend, trimester, all the way until you give birth. It goes all the way to 42 weeks. So hopefully you are not still pregnant at that hopefully point. Hopefully you don't use the last two weeks. <laughs> but if you're like confused on what to do, like we talked about pelvic stability exercises, pelvic opening, pelvic floor, and you're like, all right, what does that mean? Well, we're going to tell you in the prenatal fitness program. It's laid out for you already. And the benefit of doing the Mama Say Fit prenatal fitness program is we don't just train online fitness clients. We train in person. We're like, we're in our gym. And if you're watching the YouTube video, we're in our prenatal fitness training facility. And so we exclusively train in-person prenatal and postpartum fitness clients. And so we have spent the past like six, seven years developing programming based on client feedback, what's working for our clients, what we're noticing in birth, because we're also birth workers, where we're supporting in-person birth to develop programming that makes more sense. All of our programs are reviewed by physical therapists, midwives, OBs, other practitioners recommend the Mama Say Fit Prenatal Fitness Program. We have clients that come back and redo it over and over again because if you buy the full program, you get lifetime access. So you can use it for this pregnancy and future ones. So it's always really exciting when someone emails us like, I'm pregnant again. Can you reinstate my programming? So if you want to check out our prenatal fitness programs, you can use code STORY10 to get 10% off. And you can check them out at mamasayfit.com slash fitness dash programs. It'll be linked in the show notes as well. So you can check it out. If you're not sure what program is best for you, you can check out our sample programming where we're going to show you what the Team Builder app looks like, what our on-demand videos look like, and so you can pick what works best for you because each of us likes to work out 
in a little bit different way. Not everybody likes to work out like I do, which would make my programming much easier to develop. <laughs> so, But thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get notified whenever we release new episodes. We release new episodes every Wednesday and new birth stories every Friday. We really try to keep the birth stories on the positive side. So not necessarily that everyone has like a perfect birth, but that the folks that are sharing their stories have a positive outlook on their birth so that you can hear a lot of different stories from folks that had really good experiences. So you want to check that out listen to our episodes on friday if you are pregnant and you're wanting more support throughout your pregnancy which you probably are if you're listening to this episode we have our prenatal fitness programs our childbirth education course and our pallet for prep for birth course you can bundle all three to get 15 percent off so you can save a ton just by buying all of them if you're postpartum we have our postpartum fitness programs which is going to help you return from rehab to back to the gym or whatever your specific sport is so we have our general conditioning program, running, Olympic weightlifting. We have our first responder military program. So we have a lot of different options for you in the postpartum as well. If you're in that first month postpartum, we do have a free early postpartum recovery course. I think most folks don't realize we have that. It is free. It's our gift to you. I created it when Sophie was a wee little one. Fresh. <laughs> I had fresh much baby. more energy than Roxanne did postpartum. Yes, I did not. I don't have energy in my first trimester, but she does. So I guess it's a trade off. <laughs> but you can check that out. In addition, we have our postpartum education course. And if you're a professional and you're continuing to listen all the way to the end, we do have our professional courses birth worker and fitness trainer. And this podcast is sponsored by Knitted, a nutrition company that focuses on the perinatal time frame for both not just us, but also our partners because they are involved too. And you can use code MAMASTAYPOD to get 20% off your first order or the first three months of your subscription because who doesn't like things to just arrive at their door so they don't have to think about it. Check them out at thisisneeded.com.